Thanks for being here today. It's a great, it's hot outside. You guys figured that out? Like I was greeting for a little bit in between the doors. I'm like, whoo, come on inside. It's cooler in here. It's hot today, man. It's been hot uh, just in general. Before Shelly and I came to Connection Point, we were overseas uh, running a school in Jerusalem and before that in Sudan doing the same. And, and uh, as we had young kids in our home, and we still do, I had gotten into a pattern of working 60, 70, 80 hours a week just because I felt like there's lots to do and I want to go after it and get it done. I got into this pattern and, and Shelly was patient, but she was also persistent to say, you're missing out on life with your young kids. Now, I tried to make sure I was home for dinner, we'd have dinner, but then I'd be right back on the computer going after it, trying to get things done. And I was missing things. I was striving after something. And as I began to just bring that to the Lord and just say, Lord, (laughs) I need help in this area. Um, The Lord loves those prayers. He wants to help us. And so he just began to to shed light on what am I going after? What was I striving after? What was I trying to accomplish and get done? And, and a part of that was I was a bit dissatisfied with life as I knew it. And so I felt like if I just kept going, I was going to find the satisfaction my heart longed for. But that doesn't really pan out. So I don't know where you find yourself today. We're going to head into a message about being with Jesus. But a big part of that message is too often we're striving after something and we need to identify that being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits. And so what we're going to find as we head into Luke today, as we continue our our series on Luke, that there's this passage of scripture. And it's interesting because we left off last week with this lawyer asking the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then we come to this passage and it's about being in Jesus, just being with him. So there's a balance there and we want to talk through that this morning. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you do. Uh, We're going to be in Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we've got Bibles underneath the chair in front of you. You're welcome to take one of those to read along with us. We really want people to be in God's word. And so you're welcome to take that Bible home with you if you don't have one at home. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. We're going to finish up Luke chapter 10 today. Woohoo! Going on to Luke chapter 11. We're getting there. We'll be there in a couple of weeks. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 starting in verse 38. And Luke writes here, he says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. So now let's remember Luke chapter nine, Jesus says he sets his face on Jerusalem. So they're headed to Jerusalem. So when it says that they were on their way, that's where they're on their way to. They're on their way to Jerusalem. It says, and a woman named Martha welcomed him in to her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. I love that line. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. These are the very words of God. may be seated this morning. So I mentioned that last week we were in a message on the Good Samaritan, so Jesus shares a parable, but he shares the parable answering the question from a lawyer. The lawyer says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So last week we talked a bit about doing, but I love the comparison now as we look to this week of it being a message about being, being with Jesus. So then the question for us this morning is, which is it? Is it about doing for Jesus, or is it about being with Jesus? 
Yes, somebody says. <laughs> ah, here's the principle. Our doing should come out of our being. If we're in Jesus, he leads us into doing. As we draw close to Jesus, we can't help but be compelled to then operate and to do in his name. We can't help but want to be good neighbors. You know, so I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Some of you maybe need to start by being with Jesus so that you can be motivated to, inspired by Jesus to, to do, because he wants to lead us in that kind of life. The other thing I love about these two passages is it helps us see Jesus works with each one of us individually. He knows where we're at. He knows our hearts, and praise God for that. So he knows what the message is that we need. So for that lawyer who's asking, what must I do? And then he wants to justify himself, it says. So he says, so who is my neighbor? Because he wants to limit the kind of people he's got to love. But then Jesus, of course, he blows that up and, and he basically says, here's this parable and now who is a good neighbor? And the guy says, the one who showed him mercy. And so the message there for that lawyer and what Jesus is helping to bring out of that lawyer's heart is to say, you know, you've kind of holding some animosity against certain kinds of people. So who are you supposed to be a neighbor to? To those who have needs. As you see needs, you meet needs. And it doesn't matter their background, their religious background, their, their uh, racial status. None of that matters. It's a matter of seeing needs and meeting needs. That's the kind of neighbor you're supposed to be. So Jesus addresses the heart of the lawyer. And now in this passage this week, we see Martha is busy. Now you think first century, culturally, hospitality is a really, really important thing. It still is today. If you don't show hospitality in the Middle East, it's a mark against your family. So Martha's concerned about what everybody else is going to think. But now Jesus is saying, you need to cease your striving. You're so concerned about everybody else. You're so concerned about what other people are thinking of you and, and what you're going after. You're missing the opportunity to just be with me right now. You're missing it. So where do you find yourself this morning? What's the message Jesus has for you? Are you a good neighbor? If not, Jesus would say, be a good neighbor. Are you striving after something? And maybe you're striving so much you're forgetting about the opportunity to just be in Jesus. So we want to talk about that a bit this morning as we look at this passage. And as we look at this passage, the first thing we find is that being with Jesus is better than pursuing or striving after other things because Jesus brings peace. Being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits because Jesus brings peace like nothing else can. So Martha, she's concerned. She's feeling like she's got to be serving. And, and she begins to then tell a little bit on her sister to say, you know, tell the sister, my, my sister Mary to come help me. And Jesus says, you're anxious and troubled. So we can start there today. How are you feeling this morning? Are you anxious? Are you troubled? Are you lacking peace in your life? If so, man, this message is for you today. It's really for all of us. I don't know about you, but I constantly have to re-examine my life to say, man, I get into these patterns of striving and I have to remember that has to come out of being with Jesus. And I think it's important for us to remember that uh, there is sometimes a difference between being busy and being hurried. Uh, John Ortberg, he's uh, an author, a pastor. I think he's in California now. But before he had pastored up in Chicago area, he wrote the book, The Life You've Always Wanted. And and he was busy leading a church that had a very busy calendar, and, and he had young kids. He was out every evening and just was feeling stressed. And so he called the spiritual mentor, Dallas Willard, and he asked Dallas, he said, what's your advice? And he said, you need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. He writes that down. Okay, I wrote that down. What else? You need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry 
for your life. You know, what's kind of funny, you know, with, with those kind of personality types, and again, I'm one of them, it's like, I want to hurry to stop hurrying. <laughs> what must I do to stop hurrying? That's like what you're asking, you know? Oh, Lord, help us. <laughs> Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. What I love, uh, Pastor Ortberg, some of his insights, he said, you know, one of the challenges for our day one of the main challenges for us in spiritual formation and growth and in pursuing life in Christ is how hurried we get in life. It keeps us from experiencing the life that God really has for us. For most of us in this room, we're not really at danger of just completely turning our back on God, but we are in danger of being so distracted, so caught up in so many other things that we can miss the life we're meant to have in him. That's the danger for us today, that we could just skim over life because we get so distracted instead of living the life that Jesus has for us. Ruthlessly eliminate, hurry from your life. One of the things I want to mention there is that, you know, as you look at the life of Jesus, and this was part of my reflection, so I really had to work through this for my own self. And as I was working through it, you look at Jesus, he was busy. But what I noticed was he was never hurried. There's a difference. So you might be a little bit busy, but are you hurried? Jesus always had time for other people, always. So you've got to eliminate hurry. I'm going to have, uh, Shelly and I thought we'd have fun with the message this morning. We've talked through this uh, passage a good bit in our household, uh, worked through it at great length, so we just thought we'd have some fun this morning, and I'd have her share some thoughts on these points. One of the guys in the first service, after we shared, he said, we feel like we should, like, you know, tag your it, you know, so tag your it. My hands are too full. All right, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um... When Zach talks about this quote, ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, I feel like God took me to Sudan to eliminate everything from my life. <laughs> so I, I always wanted to be on the mission field. I, I wanted to do this wonderful thing, and I realized that the Lord had other things in mind. Um, it's, if you've heard us talk about abiding, which is just spending time with Jesus, whether you, you know, read a devotional or you journal or you listen to worship songs. You know, I kind of had my pattern of what I did at that time. But because Jesus dropped me off in Sudan and basically said, we're going to just take this close examination of your life, I found out how much I needed Jesus. And he wasn't taking me out. He wasn't on a rescue mission to get me out of there. So I had to really process and pray through, like, God, what are you doing here? This is pretty miserable, you know, if, I, if I'm honest. And so I've, my life verse that, you know, kind of stuck with me and really kind of stuck with me even after Sudan was in Philippians 4 and starting in verse 4. So let me back up. In Sudan, I read a book called Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. And I felt like that was really timely for me because I really wanted to do a thousand things and found that I was basically just staying at home with Nate, which was awesome. And it, it was like everything I wanted, but like not the right timing, if that makes sense, and not the right place. So as I was reading this book, I was challenged by some other gals in my life to um, journal while I read. And that kind of sounds crazy. But I had a journal open with my pen in my hand. And while I was reading, I would just jot down anything that kind of stood out to me more than another. And so when I read my Bible... I journaled. When I read my book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World, I would just kind of jot things down over on the side. When I was finished, then I would just read what I had written down in the journal. And every time I would just cry. 
because I just felt like, holy cow, is the Lord doing all he can to speak directly to my heart, exactly where I'm at. It was just really powerful. So this was a, a passage of scripture that I really clung to. And so I'm going to read this. And then I'm going to kind of give you the Shelley commentary on the side of like what I would probably jot down while I was reading. So this is Philippians 4 and starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So on the side, I would probably write down, I love being happy, heart. You know, uh, you know I did emojis way back in the day before emojis were anything. <laughs> um, so, you know, write down, I love to be happy. So, you know, rejoice in the Lord. And then it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Okay, that's one of those like self-reflection moments where I'd have to write down, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So in my journal, it's likely I would write, stop being so crazy, calm down, don't be so spastic, and let this be known to people so that others can know you can calm down and not be so spastic. A phrase we've laughed about in our home is, hey, you're crazy showing, you might want to tuck that back in. <laughs> That's a little too much team, team preaching. So we'll talk about that at lunchtime. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you guys know us well enough, you know that's like totally a joke. Anyway, so um, let your reasonables be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Um, I feel like if you're like me, you can read over that and just keep going. But that's like a, a verse to pause and say, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is here. The Lord is with me. The Lord is near. And it's like you can kind of just allow those things to kind of wash over you and say, okay, the Lord is with me, you know, and now I can keep going. The next verse says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So I was basically just wallowing in anxiety. Things just weren't going how I thought they would go. I thought I was going to have all these stories to tell and have all these great experiences, but I really couldn't talk to anyone. I only had four months of Sudanese Arabic, which meant nothing. You know, I could just barely communicate with people. And so... I felt just so anxious. This wasn't going how I thought it would go. But then Jesus just drew me in. He gave me the right book and the right group of girls to say, we're with you in this. And we're going to help you come to know what it means to just truly be in Jesus. You can't strive. You have to be. And that was a huge takeaway for me. I love this passage of scripture because that one thing is Jesus and he really has made that so important in my life. And I'll talk a little bit about that again in a minute. So for you to really experience the peace that can only be found in Jesus, your doing has to come out of your being. So part of what Shelley's expressing is that stripping away of Jesus was saying, I want you to learn to be, and then you're going to experience joy in doing. So wherever you find yourself this morning, you've got to start there. And for a lot of us, it's starting to eliminate hurry from our lives. And so you have to evaluate you know, where are you at with that? One of the evaluation pieces for us is, are we lacking time for family dinners? And if we are, okay, we need to re-examine. We need to look at how can we start to make sure we've got time for that. Because that's, we might be busy, but we don't have to be hurried. So here's some very practical things. Since I know that, you know, people who like to hurry, you've got to have like a to-do list. So here's your to-do list. Go stand in the longest line at the grocery store. 
what you're going to find is you're going to start to cure your hurriness. Like for me, so I'm going to say, I, I have this issue. I send my son as a scout, go find the shortest line before I get up there. <laughs> so I'm speaking to myself this morning. You get to join me in that endeavor. So now I can't send him to scout. I'm going to go find the longest line. What, dad? Because he's got the same issue. So now I've got to help train him too. <laughs> go stand in the longest line, invite somebody to cut in line. Hey, why don't you come on in? And honestly, this is very practical advice because if you start to eliminate hurry in those areas, you'll start to see how you eliminate hurry in other areas of your life too. Enjoy a lunch this week. You know, I like working lunches, but then sometimes I've got to pause and say, let's just enjoy that, enjoy that meal. And that's a part of the family dinner piece for us is we want to enjoy meals around the table and have family discussions there. Those are ways that you can just start to intentionally slow down. Being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits because Jesus brings peace. He does. And you'll start to experience more and more as you start to unhurry your life. But being with Jesus is also better than striving after other pursuits because in him, ultimate satisfaction is found. Being with Jesus is better than driving after other things because ultimate satisfaction is found in Jesus. It just is. Part of the reason we strive after things is because there's things that we're going after and we think satisfaction is going to be found there. We think satisfaction might be found in a position. We're like, you know what? If I could just get this job, my life would be better. I'd be more satisfied. And then we get that job and, and you know, a couple months in, you're like, you know what? If I could now just get this job, my life would be, you know, it just doesn't end. Satisfaction isn't found there. We do the same thing with possessions. To say, if I could just live in this neighborhood or this kind of house, then, then I'm going to be satisfied. If I could just drive this particular car, then I'm going to be satisfied. And we do the same things with popularity. If I could just have this circle of friends, if, if I could just get to know these people better, then my, my life would be better. I'd be more satisfied. Satisfaction is not found in position and popularity or possessions. It's not. The cool thing is, is Jesus answers all three of those things. In him, who are you? Your position. We sang about it this morning. A child of God. Could you have any better title than that of being a child of God? That's your position. What about your possessions? You live in his unshakable kingdom. No matter what comes in this life, it doesn't matter because you can rest secured in that you live in his unshakable kingdom. The last thing, popularity. Who better to know you than the God of all creation? Do you need to be known by anybody else? If he knows your name, who else do you need to be known by? Jesus is the answer. He is the satisfaction your heart belongs for. So I'll kind of give you a, a quick little overview. So I went to college, graduated to be a teacher, and then I taught for five years and then resigned my teaching position. I was pregnant with Nate. All at the same time, now we're headed overseas. So I kind of had this teaching career, and then we had this missions career, and now we're pastoring. So in the time that we were married, about six years with, without any children, you know, we just made up all kinds of stories and, you know, like, when we have kids, we'll do this. And when we have kids, it'll look like this. And, you know, we want to do all these great things. And one of the things that we talked about is that I would stay home with our kids. And, you know, that seemed like a really great idea. But at the time, I was teaching, so I didn't really know how that would work out. And then we went into our overseas missions experience, along with having Nate. So now I get to stay home. Although I didn't realize how hard that was really going to be. That was the other part. In the meantime, we have our kids, and God totally gave us our kids on his timing. 
This wasn't something that we planned out. It wasn't like according to our schedule. So after Haley came and then another miscarriage came and then Lucas came, we were just kind of like, okay, yeah, Lord's in charge of this. And whenever we have our last child, you know, the Lord, it's in the Lord's hands. Well, one of the things that we had said is when I have our last child going to school, I'd go back to teaching. But our life has changed like several times over. Like Zach shared last week, we've moved 15 times or had 15 different homes. And so in the course of that time, all of those little conversations have just fallen to the wayside. I'd really forgotten all about that. But this fall, our youngest, Lucas, will go to kindergarten and I'm going to go back to teaching full time. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So... It's funny that we'd had these conversations and then like this summer, Zach and I've been kind of reflecting on just how weird that is that, you know, these things are kind of working out this way because really I had given up on teaching and I really just wanted to do whatever God wanted me to do, whatever opportunity he gave me. I wanted to just be open-handed and be obedient and just seek it as an adventure. And that's really how I've lived my life. So in the spring, when this idea was like coming back to my mind that I really needed to put myself out there to teach again, honestly, it's terrifying. I feel terrified, but I also feel really excited to teach again because I love it. But I didn't seek it out. I mean, I definitely put myself out there and I had to do the the resume and I had to do the meetings, but it wasn't on a list. It wasn't like something I was checking off and saying, at this time, I want to do this, and at this time, I'm going to do this, and I want to feel accomplished in this and that. No, it's like God just really guided my heart and opened the doors, and now I get to just faithfully walk in it. So even though I'm really nervous, I feel excited because I know God has given me this opportunity, and it's really out of a place of just being with the Lord and trusting Him. He's in charge And what he gives me, that gives me confidence to know that he's going with me. He's going to help me. He's going to sustain me. And it comes from a different place. It's not of me striving, although I will have to work hard. I'll have to do my part. But I don't have to strive for the opportunity. The Lord has opened the door, and I can find rest in following that obediently. So how do you find your satisfaction in Christ? When you wake up tomorrow morning, instead of uh, going to your Facebook feed or Instagram feed and ter- going there to see, well, how many likes you know, did this post bring? Why not just get into God's word and say, God, why don't you speak into my life today? I want to be with you so that I can walk through doing with you the rest of the day. Start there. In the job that you have, instead of just striving after positions, Shelly talked a bit about that. Why don't you just rest in Jesus Look after others in your workplace and allow God to open up the doors. You know, so often we want to kick down doors. We want to, you know, push through and and make things happen instead of just allowing God to make it happen. So just take a step back and let God open the doors he wants for you. He'll be sure to do it. He's pretty smart. He knows where you should be headed. So let's let him take lead. And we just should be first followers in that. Ultimate satisfaction is absolutely found in Jesus. Being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits because Jesus can never be taken from you. Being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits because Jesus can never be taken from you. The reason some of us live with anxiousness is because we're striving after position or or popularity or possessions. And the reason we get anxious is because all those things can be taken from us and we know it. 
So when we stop striving after those things and just rest in Jesus, know that we're a child of God who live in his unshakable kingdom, there's not a whole lot to stress about because we're confident in who we are in him and we can live that out in his name. In case you were unaware, you get to take Jesus with you into eternity from now into eternity. You're not gonna take your university degree with you. You don't have to hand that in at the door. Your PhD is left behind. No U-Haul trailers are allowed in heaven. You're not gonna get them in there. The only thing you can take with you from this life into the next is your relationship with Jesus. That's why we can rest in him. You can find peace and satisfaction in him because he is the thing that will last. Early on in our time here, I had the privilege of sitting in our home with one of the gals. She had just finished her PhD and she was just wanting to kind of chat with me and ask some different questions. And she said, Shelly, I want to be the smart woman in the room at the right time with the right answer. And I said, well, you might have to kind of rest in that chair and trust that the Lord is going to guide your heart and in your life. And when God decides to kind of shine that light on you, then you'll have the right answer at the right time and you'll be able to share that. But will you be able to give God the glory for that moment. And she sat there and looked at me and she was like, I don't think you know what you're saying. Do you know how hard it is to get a PhD? And I'm like, no, actually I don't. (laughs) But I'm your pastor and so it's just my job to kind of point you in the direction of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But I could tell it it was challenging to her because she had worked so hard. And I understood the desire in her heart. She wanted to be recognized for her hard work. But I, could, I just knew that the Lord was trying to say, where am I in this process? And are you trusting me? And I wanted her to have the peace in knowing that God had equipped her, that God had helped her all along the way, and he would shine a light on her, that she would have the right answer. She would be that smart person in the room, but God would get the glory for that opportunity. And she could just find rest in knowing she was in the right place at the right time. And I know so many times we can, we can look at this passage of scripture and we can say, well, you know, which is it, the being or the doing? And you know, for like Martha, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She needed to, to prepare a meal. And I would say, you know, but did it have to be lamb or could it be hummus and bread? You know, <laughs> it's, we have choices that we have to make. We want to honor God, and we do want to keep that one thing, the main thing in our lives. And whatever we do, when we have that rest in knowing that we're honoring God with our whole heart and our whole mind, then we have the rest to know that God is faithful and God is meeting us. God's going to use us according to his will and his time. And that's what I love so much about this passage, that we can truly say, God, I know I have work to do. I have a job to do. I have a family to take care of. But help me to just find rest in knowing you and keeping you the main thing for my life. And I want that to be an example for my kids. I don't want them to see me striving. I want them to see me resting and obediently following in the footsteps of Jesus. So we get to rest in him. Being with Jesus. So are you anxious this morning? Are you anxious about losing your job, your position, wherever you're at? Are you anxious about the loss of maybe possessions you have? Then I would encourage you, take time to be with him. 
be with Jesus. And one of the things I mentioned is I looked at the life of Jesus, that he was busy, but he wasn't hurried. He always took time to be alone with the Father. You saw that over and over. He would go to remote places to pray, it says. One of the other episodes he had with the disciples is, it said they were so busy they had no time to eat. And Jesus didn't in that moment say, all right, disciples, looks like it's mandatory fasting day. That was not the response of Jesus. No, he actually took the disciples away so they could have time for a meal with one another. So I just encourage you, take time to be with Jesus. And out of your being, you'll get a sense of doing in his name. And it makes a big difference. Being with Jesus is better than striving after other pursuits. So I encourage you, begin to examine your life. Begin to slow down a bit of the hurry that might be there. And you'll probably have to make some choices for that to happen. And, and sometimes it takes time, depending on how many things you've built in place there. Do you have time for family dinners? Begin to examine how hurried of a life am I, am I leading? Do I rushed as I'm driving from place to place, getting upset with people in traffic and red lights? Now you need to start leaving a little bit earlier so that you can find peace in your day that way too. It has to take intentionality to begin to slow down. You know, one of the ways that uh, was a point of reflection for me is when I see my kids interact with one another, it helps to point out how I'm interacting with them. I've always said kids are a great accountability partner. They're a bit of a mirror. So if my oldest is a little bit short with my youngers, what does that tell me? I've probably been a little bit short. And so then I have to round them up to say, hey guys, I probably should have come in close when instead I was just given, you know, commands. So allow people to be a bit of the mirror of reflection for you. If you've got some strained relationships in your life, it might be because you're living a hurried life. I'm going to invite you to stand as we close in song this morning. I just want you to begin to think, how much better could your marriage be if you had time for conversation, communication, and meals together? How much better could your interactions with your kids be if you had time to just engage in conversation, to come up close instead of barking commands? What could your day look like if in, instead of just waking up and busting out the door late before you've even started the day, you took time to just start the day with Jesus so that you could be with him before you start to do in his name. What I love about this passage this morning is it all started with one thing. It says that Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. I love that. So that's, that's really the starting point. That's what I'd like to close with this morning. Have you welcomed Jesus into your house? Have you welcomed him into your life? It starts there. You can't find abiding peace. You, you're not going to find soul satisfaction unless you first welcomed him into your life. So maybe you're here today and you'd realize, I haven't welcomed Jesus into my life, but you'd say, but I, but I want to do that today. With every head bowed in this room, I just want to ask you that question, give you that opportunity. So if you're here today and you'd say, I haven't welcomed Jesus, but I want to do it today. I need that peace. I need that satisfaction. Simply raise your hand. I want to pray with you before we leave today. Anybody would say, that's me. I need to welcome Jesus into my life today. Anybody in this room today, before we go, in the middle here, anybody else saying, I need Jesus in my life. I need that abiding peace. Over here in the middle, anybody else that would say, that's me. I need to welcome Jesus into my life today. I've been striving after other things, but I need to just be with him, in him. I just pray, Lord, right now, for each and every one in this room. I just pray, Lord, for whatever we're striving after, I just pray, Jesus, that we'd cease our striving and allow you to just be in our lives. Lord, we might be busy, but we don't have to be hurried. And so, God, I just pray that we'd take steps today, take steps this week to begin to undo the hurriness of our lives, that we might have the margin you require for us to be good neighbors. 
that we might have the margin that you require for us to be able to be a part of bringing in the harvest of lost people. Jesus, I just pray that we live well in your name to experience the life that we have for us. We don't want to skim over life. We want to live right in the middle of it. So God, help us do that today. Help us not be too distracted, too busy, too hurried to miss out on what you're leading us into. God, I just pray for those that raise their hand today. I pray that they would truly welcome you into their lives today. I pray that you would fill them with peace right now. God, I pray that you would fill them with satisfaction right now. Jesus, I just ask that they would experience more of you, that they would experience peace and satisfaction like they've never known. We just ask it in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our prayer team to, to come up to the front here. We've got some people that will meet with those. If you raise your hand today, what we'd love for you to do is just as we sing and close in song this morning, simply come out of your seat, meet with one of our prayer team members. They'd love to pray with you today. We want to be able to get you a Bible and information on what it looks like to follow Jesus for a lifetime. So we've got some prayer team members walking to, to ask you that this morning. But if you didn't raise your hand but say, you know what, I need to welcome Jesus in my life, feel free to come down to the, the front this morning and they'll just get you a Bible and information on where you go from here. But let's close in song.